Hi everyone! Hey guys, welcome back to Flick Talk with your favourite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And we are back. Thank you for joining us once again. Um, if you were with us last week, you know that we looked at um, Princess Diaries 1. And today, we, today we'll today we be looking at Princess Diaries 2. So... The Royal Engagement. Exactly, the Royal Engagement. Sophie, would you like to take it away? Yes. Um, so as always, I am going to do a little description um, of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Let me actually start off uh, with first impressions. What did you think, Belle, of the second movie and the final movie i i preferred it to the first i'm sorry i preferred the first yeah um first princess diaries over this one i feel like yeah I yeah feel like a lot yeah are you the same as well yeah 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 even from like obviously of course um as we always do i'll dive into the critical reviews um down the line um as we keep um keep on with the discussions but yeah from the critical reviews i mean a lot of people seem to prefer the first one over the second one yeah definitely um i don't know what it is i think as we like as we go on i think we'll find out what specifics like why we prefer the first one i just Mm. think this one for some reason dragged on to like Mm -hmm. now that i now watching back as a 20 something year old Mm -hmm. like it's just dragged on a bit too much um yeah which i'm guessing is probably another reason like we will we don't like it um but yeah, I am going to move on. I'm just going to kind of describe the storyline for anyone who hasn't watched the second movie. If you haven't, why are you listening to this episode? Um, <laughs> hashtag spoiler alert also. Um, but yeah, and here I go. Um, Princess Mia Th- Thermopolis uh, has just turned 21 and is supposed to succeed her grandmother as the Queen of Genovia. But Viscount Mabre, who wishes that his nephew, who is also in line to the throne to be the new ruler, reminds everyone of a law that states that an unmarried woman can't be made queen. And with the backing of Parliament, he opposes Mia's coronation. Queen Clarice Rinaldi asks that Mia be allowed allowed time to find a husband, and she is given 30 days. But Mabre tries to do uh, what he can to stop that. His nephew, Nicola, I can't even, Devere. Is that how he said it? Lord <laughs> Devere or something? I can't even remember. <laughs> Nicholas has met Mia and they are both attracted <laughs> to each other. But Mia, upon learning who he is, dislikes and doesn't trust him. But Queen Clarice has invited them to stay with him for the 30-day period to keep an eye on him. So, I think that's quite fitting, don't you, Belle? Yeah, I do. I think it covers everything fairly well. Um, So I'm just going to move over to the kind of basic facts about the movie. Mm. Um, As we know, this is following the Gary Marshall... um, I want to say trilogy, but I guess the better word is um, sequel. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I think the third one's like on standstill because... yeah. Um, he unfortunately passed away if no one's aware R.I.P R.I.P but yes this was directed by Gary Marshall um, who also directed the first one 
um, produced by Whitney Houston and Deborah Martin Chase, as we mentioned last week. The only new new addition, though, is um, let's <laughs> do another shot because <laughs> this is in addition to the whole Grey's Anatomy um, uh, yes. theme that we've been doing. The only new addition is the writers and the screenplay of the second one is by the ever so... Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe it. Ever drum so, roll, please. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't do drum roll. <laughs> I don't know. Shonda Rhimes, yep. ladies and gents. Um, Shonda Rhimes, as we all know, um, legendary, legendary. Um, the creator behind many um, heart wrenching is the word that I'm going to use. Yeah. <laughs> um, series. Um. For example, Grey's Anatomy that she probably mm-hmm. must have been doing at this time as well, if I'm not wrong. Um, this movie was made in 2003, 2004, so I'm guessing... Did Grey's Anatomy start before then and after then? I think Grey's was 2007. Okay, so then she was not... She probably just like, before. had an idea. <laughs> um, but she also obviously uh, has written... Um, Belle's favorite How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. which I still need to watch. Um, and oh no, she's sorry, also... sorry to sorry, interrupt. Free Grey's was two thousand five. Oh, so like a year away. That's fine. So she probably yeah. yeah. I thought it was two thousand five or two thousand seven, and I went with the. I always thought it was two thousand three because they had like a really old music at that time in terms of like playing it on the oh, show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, so then there you go. They probably have started filming. Um, by then, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Shonda Rhimes, who's also made the ever so popular right now and trending series Bridgerton, um, mm-hmm. which are definitely kind of opposite spectrums in terms of yeah, just I don't even know what the word is, but like topics or like I don't even know the storylines, I guess. Um, yeah. But yes, uh, Shonda Rhimes and Gina Wencos, um were writers um, and screenwriters on this movie, as well as Meg Cabot, who, um, you know, was the author of the Princess Diaries um, volumes. Um, the movie was distributed by Buena Vista, if anyone remembers that, which was an old is- extension of Walt Disney back in the day. It's not there anymore, I don't think. Um. Uh, and yeah um, the locations were again primarily in Los Angeles um, Santa Clarita um, Pasadena and Universal City in California and the only kind of um, out of sh- like schedule shoot was um, in was the filming of the Longford Castle in England um, so that's a little bit of trivia for you. Um, I'm just going to quickly pull up. Um, so the budget that the film was set under or on was was around like $45 million to $50 million. And um, the box office that it made was $134.7 million. So I think it made less than the first one I think yeah I mean I think Belle will get to that like 
you know, mm. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Critical responses, but I'm yeah, I mean, mm. it's kind of obvious. Mm. Quickly breaking down the cast, so we have Anne Hathaway reprising her role as Mia Thermopolis, mm. Julie Andrews, my fave as Queen Clarice Rinaldi, Hector Elizondo, uh, Gary Marshall's favorite as Joe, John Reese Davies, uh, who's the new character. Um, of um Viscount uh Marbury mm. um who worked with Julie Andrews in Victor Victoria in 1982 okay um and there's also part of <laughs> Lord of the Rings um the movies I don't know how many there are because I'm not a fan um but also P.S. he's a bit of a sleaze in real life too um has made some very not popular political um, and religious comments. Just gonna leave it at that. Um, Heather Matarazzo repri- uh, reprising her role as Lily Moskovitz. Uh, Mr. Chris Pine, who has made his film debut with this movie as uh, Nicholas. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, this is his first uh, major motion picture. That's what it said. Um, as Nicholas, um, I can't even say that name. Is Nicholas? That's what I'm going to leave it as. Um, Callum Blue <laughs> as uh, Andrew Jacoby, um, Caroline Goodall as Helen Thermopolis, um, Kathleen Marshall as Charlotte Cutaway, Tom Poston as Lord Palamore, and Raven Raven Simone as Princess mm-hmm. Asana. Um, another Gary Marshall favorite, Larry Miller um, as Paolo. Um, Matthew Walker as Captain Kip Kelly. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his names, but is it Shia or Sheer Curry as Bridget and Anna A. White as Bridgeta? Um, Cassie Cassie Raoul as Olivia. And uh, yeah, um, Eric Bragg as my favorite character in this movie, Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sean O'Brien as Patrick O'Connell Scott Marshall who is obviously Gary Marshall's son as Shades um, Abigail Breslin another Gary Marshall favourite who was in New Year's Eve as the 15 year old as Sarah Jessica Parker's 15 year old um, as Carolina um, Stan Lee who is in a cameo (gasps) appearance oh my goodness amazing um, I saw him and I was like, oh, it's him. Stanley R.I.P. He was just such an amazing human being and just an amazing creative mind. Um, but yeah, Stanley um, as one of the wedding guests. And Johnny Blue, um, who I found really interesting as the first male, no, the first Caucasian pop star in China. Um, so he was he's the guy who plays in the in the garden party and they're like oh yeah all our asian friends yeah um i remember that so so he basically he entered the music scene in hong kong and became the first caucasian pop pop star in the chinese music world which is kind of really random and funny at the same time but (laughs) there we go it's Um, just like a random fun fact there are i have so many facts for this movie i don't i don't I don't know how I found them. It was like mostly oh. IMDb, but like 
so many facts for this particular the second one so hang on i'm gonna try and get them as quickly as i can oh, okay okay um so the first fact did you know that julie andrews performed her own stunt in the mattress surfing <gasps> scene I Jean, oh my you know what on that scene i remember s- we see her front and then we see her back and i was like oh i from her back i'm like oh obviously that's like a stunt woman that's like a yeah yeah i can't believe that crazy i wonder I how like, old she was when she um yeah. when she shot it it was it was crazy because she has more balance in her mm-hmm. body than i do right now and <laughs> <laughs> she is i think she was probably 60 or something years old when she filmed that movie and oh wow and we she are 20 amazing. year olds i don't think i could have i would have fallen flat on my face let's be honest that is <laughs> the dexterity and the balance that she has is amazing um moving on <laughs> oh that's so cool i love that um talking about the whole uh, bachelor party the song mm-hmm. which is i want to discuss this when you know you cover it but your mm. crown and glory um mm. was the first time dame julie andrews mm-hmm. andrews had sung in public or on screen since she had throat surgery in 1997 yeah. um and she app- she apparently like uh did it in one take um oh wow and everyone was really emotional um oh. yeah that's really so, impressive yeah i think yeah yeah because i think she she i think she didn't want to sing but they i kind of persuaded her or something mm. um but yeah anne hathaway's mother um like in the first movie, we saw Anne Hathaway's father for like two or three seconds. We see her mother, Kate McCall. Oh my God, Kate McCauley Hathaway um, appeared in this movie as the choir director in the end. Where she's like, yeah. Oh really? Oh, that's, that's so cute. Mom. That's so cute. A family affair, like a Gary Marshall oh. movie. Um, yeah. Um. And then going back to the whole like mattress scene. So I don't know if you've noticed this bell, but uh, mm. Julie Andrews says something like, I've done a lot of flying in my time. And that is yeah. a famous quote from Mary Poppins. Oh my gosh. I love that reference. I love that amazing. reference. Oh, that just I think put I've a smile on my this face. Before, and then I looked it up and it was like, it was an actual. Um, oh. I think the f- when when I think in so in Mary Poppins when she does the first yeah. song or something, um, when the children obviously don't know, um, but yeah. Oh, that's really um, sweet. The next fact you can actually I think you can visit uh, Princess Mia's suite because it is in the Disneyland Hotel, um, and it's oh, wow. within a bedroom of their presidential suite. Um, and the room actually includes set pieces from the movie. <gasps> oh, How amazing is that? So I would love cool. to go and visit that. That's so cool. Also, closet goals. Um, yeah, right. Never exactly. envied a more closet than her and like Hannah Montana. Do you remember those back closet? Like all the shoes <laughs> yes. came out. It was amazing. <laughs> all the jewels. Mm-hmm. All the Chanel. Um. But yeah, um, oh, so another one is Michael, who was in the first mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
wasn't in this movie because and they i think so that she mentions it in the movie as well so um in real life robert schwartzman um mm. didn't do this movie because he was touring with his band oh yeah and in in the movie itself like when she's writing in the journal she mm-hmm. says the same thing at the beginning so she yeah. says yeah she says michael is like going around the country with his band and stuff mm-hmm. which he really is um but yeah oh i like that yeah i really like that that's um that's cool uh at the royal uh, garden party when princess mia asks um one of the guests about her grandchildren really Mm. lily charlotte and sam those are actually the names of gary marshall's three grandchildren and then two of them are the ones that um picked Anne Hathaway for that for, for the for yeah. this role basically in the first movie. Oh. Um, so again, it's always always a family affair. Yeah. Um, speaking of family affair, um, when Clarice mentions uh, nepotism should be in the arts, not in the plumbing, mm-hmm. that's a reference to Guy Marshall involving his like family members in all his projects, basically. <laughs> um, and I think that's why they came up. Basically, they came up with this um, that dialogue, basically. Um, that's funny. It's really funny. Um, speaking of granddaughters, um, Hannah Schneider who played um, Dancing Princess Hannah in the Slumber Party sequence is Julie Andrews's mm-hmm. granddaughter. <gasps> oh, Just look so at that. That's cute. so cute. It's so cute. Um, oh, in the beginning of um, the in the beginning of the movie when Anne Hathaway flings her um, reference, what happened? Flings her bracelet. There's another reference to Pretty Woman, like what happened in the first movie. Oh, and really? So the guard behind her um, is, I think, the same waiter or something, and he says it happens. All yes, the time, yes, yes! Oh my goodness! Same yes. actor who does um, who says it to Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. So yeah, so another reoccurring character from Mr. Marshall. Oh. Um, uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but. Um, so when they were casting Queen Clarice, they were also considered Sophia Loren, and Sophia Loren is actually yeah yeah I think yeah you Sophia did Loren is actually in this movie. Um, she's in the birthday party scene. Oh, um, and she's behind Raven Simone when Raven Simone like first taps Anne Hathaway, and you can basically see her eating cake. That's so that's apparently <laughs> Sophia Loren's like little mini cameo. Um. I don't know if she was okay. supposed to have a bigger part or not, but there we go. Um, uh, security guard Lionel, mm-hmm. who's my favorite <laughs> character in this movie, played by Eric uh, Bragg, was also featured in The Princess Diaries, the first one, as Bobby Bad, teen on cell phone during soft final softball scene. Oh. So you know the guy who's like, Who's basically just talking to talking to Oh yeah, is it when she's like they think she's gonna like mess up the game and they like everyone come in? Oh gosh, that's him. So that's it. That's him. Oh, that's. And I was like, oh no, like I know this guy's familiar, Mm. but how funny. Um. So yeah, in uh, in talks about the third Mm. movie, 
I'm just going to move on to that. So in March 2016, Gary Marshall announced that Anne Hathaway, who was pregnant with her first child, would appear in a third Princess Diaries movie after she gave birth. However, because of Marshall's death in on July 2016, the project has now been postponed indefinitely. Um... But um, Hector Elizondo and then Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway have all said that they would return for a third movie if the story did justice to Marshall and the first two movies. However, this is quietly um, contradicted by Julie Andrews' statement in 2012 when she said that A Princess Diaries didn't happen due to this movie being a failure, despite the fact that it made $95 million domestically and $134 million worldwide. Mm. Um, She said that um, that and that Anne Hathaway was too old to reprise her role, so that's why the movie probably couldn't have been made. Um, So we don't know if there will be a third... Um, Princess Diaries movie but let's see um, and yeah I think that was about it for the for the weird facts um, so now I'm going to move on to the costume costume I don't have anything again um, I think it's quite similar to what we had last time um, but I would like to just so the costume designer on this movie was also Gary Jones who was the costume designer for the first movie too um and like whilst we like whilst there's not like I don't know concrete evidence of like a style evolution um Mm. Mia so uh, allegedly Gary Jones um had selected more than 50 outfits for Mia Mia Thermopolis to wear in the film Mm. um they say that it's a it's a she not a he um but yeah um and she also said that the dress worn by mia on her 21st birthday was inspired by audrey hepburn's in funny face um if you've seen that movie it's a beautiful gown um i i mean no audrey hepburn's is more like a frock and then i Mm -hmm. think they converted that into the gown for um uh Anne Mia. Mm. Mia. Um but yeah, I think what I would just say in terms of costume, I definitely think like there's been um she's kind of upgraded into the whole Chanel and Dior suits mm. that now obviously her grandmother um you know wears. But there's also like those formal um those formal and casual like two thousands outfits that she wears, like for example, the one where she's like just wearing a white shirt and jeans, and she's reading. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. such a, yeah. It's so it's so classic and timeless, but like, it's also representative of her being in her early twenties and just experimenting mm. and stuff. Um, while she's like very, I like to call it Nancy Regan kind of style. <laughs> she's still like true to her, like wearing. I don't know if you saw this, but she wore like a Japanese, like an Asian gown with like jeans and that's what like a lot of people didn't in, in a oh, lot of people what, in the film used to do in the 2000s what scene was um, this do you remember it's when ah uh, 
fudge. It's when she's uh, when when um, Clarice is giving her the wooden leg. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Um, because mm. I remember. So I remember Hilary Duff basically did that in one movie as well. Like she wore um, like literally just an Asian gown, not not like a kimono or something. It was like kind of a kimono like a silk one and then just jeans i know that like was a really popular trend yeah in fashion back then yeah um so yeah i like that they like they kind of stay true to the fact that she's 21 year old but they 21 year old but it was also like deemed enough well enough for a princess Mm. to wear yeah really loved it um the wedding dress was also created by gary jones um, I again think it was more kind of Audrey Hepburn inspired, like with the straight neckline. Um, she looked very, yeah, she looked very Hepburn esque. Mm. Um, in this movie, the jewels were provided by um, Chopard, which is a very luxury and expensive jewelry yeah. line. Um, and I think there was this one incident where apparently Sharon Osbourne wore mm. one of the necklaces that was in this movie and Anne Hathaway like went up to her and was like, you're wearing my necklace. And Sharon Osbourne was just like, no, it's by Chapard. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> never mind. Um, never mind. You didn't get the joke. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, the like, like we mentioned in the first movie, the jewelry was really expensive, um, mm. which is why both Anne Hathaway and Julie Andrews um, had a bodyguard with them on set the whole time guarding the necklaces mm. and the jewellery to make sure nothing went misplaced mm. which I think is you gotta do what you gotta do mm-hmm. I mean that's so true um, but yeah that's if you have any thoughts Belle that's the end of my little segment okay yeah Um, so um yeah mm. no yeah i do love the fun facts i didn't realize there were so many but yeah i really enjoyed hearing about them yeah anyways moving on to you (laughs) okay out of all the movies um i think just like in last week's um last week's episode that we did a lot of the I recognize a lot more artists in this one compared to all the um, like previous movies that we've looked at. So um we've got um yeah we've got Avril Lavigne, Kelly Clarkson, Lindsay Lohan, oh Raven God, Simone yes. of course, Pink mm-hmm. and Jesse McCartney. Yes. Okay, I didn't know. Yes. I didn't think you'd remember him, but um yeah. when the credits came on and I literally just dropped my shit. I loved. Okay, I kind I don't like him anymore, but like I used to love Jesse McCartney back in the day, like two thousands mm-hmm. Jesse McCartney. Oh uh, yeah, I remember he came up what, like with a song. What was it called? I don't know another pretty oh, I think face. Pretty I don't want just anyone I want. to yeah. hold. I want you and your you beautiful. Are, you are so beautiful. Soul. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. this song that was like there we go. That, this song was amazing. Yeah, I remember that song. I really I liked it. <laughs> in me because you make me believe. Okay. <laughs> in myself. Okay. Nobody. We're going to move on swiftly. <laughs> Sorry. 
So the songs were written and composed by someone called John Debney, and he actually wrote all the songs um, that featured in Gary Marshall's movies since The Princess Diaries 2. So jam. I thought that was interesting, yeah. And of course, um, just like in last um, last week's episode, this um, all the songs from this movie, the soundtrack was released by Walt, um, Walt Disney Records. Surprise, surprise. And it features a lot of pop rock, teen pop, and dance pop tracks. And um, yeah, I mean, that was all that um, kind of came up about music. And then obviously the story about that being um, Julie Andrews and Raven Simone's song, that being her first time singing since her surgery. So yeah, I thought that was really, that was an amazing um, thing to find out. Oh, can I just quickly comment on the, the crowning glory? song please <laughs> yeah go on um of course that song was i think and i've written this on my notes it's one of my favorite parts in the movie um okay i just love the way julie andrews is like sitting and she's like a little she's like the perfect grandma and she's like singing along as if it's like a little like teaching song to them yeah and she starts it off and then they go in the um they go on the stage and like Raven Simone comes up and then there's like one this one line that I always remember and it's basically like um, when they're talking about the guys some guys are tall some guys are something and then Mm. there's one where it goes um, oh I feel like I've written it down I haven't shit oh it's like it says um, some have no faults but we never like those (laughs) (laughs) which is my favourite line in that movie (laughs) Um. Yeah, oh, no. uh, but the crowning glory, that will be your crowning glo- glory. Yeah, that was one of my favorite songs of the movie, actually. But we never liked those. <laughs> <laughs> that's how. That's my edition. Anyways, back to you, <laughs> Belle. So let's get into the script. So. Um, so the storytelling starts with Mia writing in her diary so we get a bit of narration of her thoughts um, which basically kind of quickly covers the um, what's happened with her and her friends and the people that we meet in the first movie since um, since yeah the first movie basically so now um, in the first movie she was 17 now she's 21 and we get a summary of what's happened throughout that time so she basically ties up loose loose ends which is um, um, she mentions that I think Fee said this before that Michael who is um, Mm. she ends up being with in the first movie um, this time they're just friends and um, he's now um, traveling around the world with his band and oh and also we learned that she her her mum who um who um, ends up marrying her one of her old school teachers and has a baby mm. and also we see that um actually the open scene we see that she's just graduated from college and she's of course now about to become queen and also um, we see her tie up loose ends with Clarice and Joe's relationship. So, oh, actually, no, she doesn't. But the movie, sorry, I meant the movie does that. Just like ties up the loose ends and we see them eventually get married. And the movie is, um, so the entire movie is based in Genovia um, and mainly in the palace. And 
And I thought, I don't know how, um, what your thoughts are on this, but I thought this was more, more of a romance, because of course it's, the genre is supposed to be romance family comedy. And I thought this was more of a romance mm-hmm. comedy compared to the first movie. There was a lot more romance yeah, in this compared definitely. to that one. And then... Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the storyline... Um, I found the storyline very progressive, especially for, the, um, for a movie in 2004. The fact that Mia takes on a, patri- sorry, a, a matriarchal role as queen... And she basically mm. challenges Parliament, mm. who are forcing her, basically saying, "If you want to be queen, you've got to be married. If not, you won't be able to be. You won't be heir to the throne." And she basically challenges that. What a sexist tradition! Yeah, I'm surprised at how this movie that this movie tackles that in 2004, which isn't something I thought of when I first watched it, like years, years and years ago. So, yeah, but we say that, but. Like, if you think about what's happened in royalty now, mm. it only took about um. Well, when was Princess Charlotte born? Oh gosh, I have 2016 no idea. Or something, but um, up until then, like up until 2015, 2016, like um, a woman, like if they were, if a daughter was mm. born, basically, she'd have a lower right than if her, if a male mm. was born, basically. Um, but yeah, so like. I mean, we say that, like, it was improved in 2004, but, like, in the UK in 2016, that's when they, like, removed the law mm. of um, uh, a male heir, like, mm. not undertaking a female heir. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag that's... Genovia is the best. <laughs> Get that trending. <laughs> People could be like, what? Who? Who's Genovia? Genovia. <laughs> I think I think Twitter will know when somebody checks like starts trending Genovia is the best. They'll be like, "Oh yeah. I'm living I'm I'm moving there." Princess Diaries. Yeah, they know. <laughs> Come on. But um, we all know Genovia. Uh, oh yeah, so Mia Mia manages to um challenge the law that basically tells her she needs to be married before she um she can actually um become heir to the throne. And um, basically, they're telling her, you've got 30 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sabotage. The parliament was basically sabotaging her. So they were basically telling her, you've got the next 30 days. She's just she's supposed to be queen yeah. in the next 30 days. So you've got next the next 30 days to fall in love and get married, which is ridiculous. But obviously, they had an agenda. So I did think this was a bit of an inconsistency. <laughs> The fact that um, Nicholas makes a point of being born and raised in Genovia and he has an American accent. Yeah, and he... So it's not even an American accent. It's like a weird British American accent. And also, like, he doesn't have any link to the throne. I don't understand how he's just claiming... That's what I think I have kind of... Now, like, when I was younger, obviously, when I watched this movie, I didn't think about this. But now I'm thinking about it. Like, it was... That's such a weak thread in the story because if you're telling us well in the beginning of the well in the first movie as well but if you're telling Mm, us that literally a a line of Rinaldi's have preceded Mm -hmm. have preceded Mia and are like Mia supposed to be the next one in throne how in the hell is this weird like out of nowhere person connected Mm -hmm. to the throne then and then why also are they 
why does he propose and why are they in love? Mm. Like, isn't that incest on some level? Like, what? It doesn't exactly. make sense. I'm sorry, Shonda. Wait, who um, Nicholas proposes, you mean? Doesn't he propose? He Doesn't he, he propose in the end when she's like on the throne? No, I don't. Does he? When You know, she's like, she's getting ready for the coronation yeah. and he like goes down on yeah. one knee. Does he propose no. or does he just say he wants to be no, in a relationship? No, I think he just wants to be in a relationship with her. I don't think he proposes, so... I mean, still, they're going to do incest things. No, but so. they're not related. But that's my that's my point that I'm making, that it's such a weak thread to think that, oh, like... I if see. there is a line of Rinaldi's, yeah. okay, why... Okay, I'm with you. Why are you saying that this weird person out of nowhere has a link to the throne? Yeah. That doesn't make sense chronologically and to the story so yeah 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 you're right it's like a random family just coming exactly oh no actually and it's like yeah let it go please yeah and my favorite scene was when um i think you'll probably you won't be surprised at this but it's a really cute scene when mia gives the little girl advice from an orphanage yeah, I love the parade and she scene says, too. She says, um, "Oh, you're a princess," and basically trying to encourage her and make her and uh, make her feel better. That was a line of my um, generation. Because um, these boys are like picking on her, so that was really yeah. sweet. What did she say? She said, "Everybody's a princess today." Yeah. Or like you yeah. have something inside you that makes you a princess, and that was like yeah, a line something of our along generation. those lines. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That was really sweet. And now on to the critics. So Yay. I agree. <laughs> I agree with the critics this time. <laughs> We're not gonna fight with the critics today. We're not gonna fight with the critics, no. Oh uh, but um it got a very, 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 very average rating. Mm. Like everyone was basically like this was average, this was average. But um they scored it a four point five seven out yeah. of 10 mm-hmm. and a lot of them um, seem to think there wasn't much much of a story and that a lot of the success of the movie um, relies on Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway's charm and the general chemistry between the characters rather than that, than the actual like storyline and the plot and I agree with that I mean Julie Andrews herself agrees with that so yeah exactly exactly I totally agree with that and I, yeah and um, some a lot of critics thought it was too mushy, and it seems like their favorite word is predictable. This is too predictable. We saw what was coming. Yeah, a lot of them seem to have like the general idea that it was too predictable. A lot more negative reviews compared to um, the first movie. Yeah. And a lot of um, cr- um, critique was also directed at Shonda Rhimes' writing. And Gary Marshall's directing because he apparently has a tendency to focus a lot on wealth and privilege, which mm. I, I I mean, Pretty Woman, I see that, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I yeah yeah I guess so. Yeah, ish. Um, people thought the decor looked too cheap. Didn't like the decor. Thought it was hideous. Hideous was a word used by one critic, and for the positive um, positive reviews, it was mainly that oh the actors were really charming, it was entertaining, and that was it. 
but yeah, for majority sure. was just like yeah, negative, negative reviews. So yeah, that's um, yeah. There we go. But I did want to ask you though because <laughs> I feel like I have to eat my own words now from last week because um, do you think that her re- like just focusing on her relationship if this was a healthy dynamic? Because last week I was like compared to all the other movies she seems like the most mature and she's like handling things really well <laughs> in terms of who who are you talking about who's handling in terms of well? like the love triangle that she um triangle that she's in so she's engaged to i forgot what his title is lord something but she Andrew also Jacobi. obviously yeah yeah that's yeah. it and she but she also likes um she also starts falling in love with nicholas and it's like this love triangle i mean ish not really a love triangle it's like a like um like triangle i mean i don't i don't know if you we can go as far as discussing whether this relationship is healthy or unhealthy because there's not a relationship if that makes sense like the point of mm. their union I, I wouldn't call it a, a relationship but the mm-hmm. point of their union is to carry on this legacy and carry on this line of royalty basically that's why she agrees to do it in mm-hmm. the first place when she has that discussion with her grandma um, mm. so I think again it's also arranged marriage which obviously is not like is not negative or whatever but it's also given the context that she has to she has to take that decision i wouldn't really call it a union and it goes Mm. back to you know when um when she's like oh like who in the world would ever like say yes to an arranged marriage and then her grandma's Mm -hmm. like oh i did because he was my best friend Mm. i think she was following that with andrew like she was following the theme of oh he's kind of like my best friend so he he's gonna be the perfect person to take on this role with because he'll be a perfect partner where rather than a um yeah i guess yeah rather than rather than somebody who's gonna let this let their ego get in the way or whatever like that's what Mm. i think that's what in in terms like i don't know about that much about royalty but what i perceive of it is if you have a strong female matriarch like the queen you need somebody that you know probably doesn't have a title and um isn't bothered by it too much to support her not Mm. to overpower her and she comes first and everything so he should be okay with that um but yeah i don't know if i can distinguish whether it should be healthy or unhealthy um Mm. i mean i think yeah i think the relationship with nicholas is much more healthy I don't know because we don't we won't mm. we, we won't well, I don't know up until the third movie if it ever comes out we don't see it we won't ever see what that relationship looks like yet mm. um, and it's more of a courting and a flirting thing than a full-fledged relationship but I don't know what do you think um, yeah I think that's completely fair enough and I get where you're coming from completely it's difficult to say because it's mm-hmm. it's not a case of she she loves you know she's claiming to love both of them and she's torn between one or the other or anything it's more like yeah. you know basically you you know basically said it that it's it just feels like um i mean it, it not feels it is a marriage of convenience more than anything i mean she's basically got to look at yeah, slides exactly. of different men that she thinks are like eligible bachelors but not not enough to basically mm-hmm. want 
men that you know won't want to over like overtake her and will basically just la la the prince william <laughs> also this is so random they like had a slide of prince william and were like girl fanning over him and i was like not girl fanning sorry fangirling over him that's the word and um yeah i mean the only thing is i thought it was quite problematic that she was um engaged to andrew lord andrew um, i think his name is but was also very wasn't too concerned about like kissing nicholas and things like that so so i was Mm. like "Hmm." yeah yeah i did think that was problematic but on the other hand you could also argue that her relationship with andrew wasn't genuine so you know does that count Mm -hmm. which i think i think it's it's not fair to andrew but obviously i mean you could argue both sides but yeah i just think it's not the healthiest way in in real life and obviously it's a movie so um you know yeah um, we'll let let it lie but in real life i just think it's just not a fair way to treat the other person and an unhealthy dynamic yeah yeah i think like that's about it and then obviously we just like discuss the men because the men are such a massive mm. part of this movie mm-hmm. um yeah so especially compared to last week i know um yeah there's so many men in this movie so how would you i don't i mean this is a really yeah so how would you put like portray or define the men in this movie um again the men we see men taking up like roles of father figures i know last week um you said um you thought joe was more of a i think i i described joe as a f- some kind of father figure to her and you said uh, like uh, more of a yeah. grandfather figure which you know i feel like it's interchangeable it can be either one yeah for sure and um i love joe's character and i loved when he was um he like threatens the guy and he's like i have immunity in 46 like 40 something countries including puerto rico puerto rico Rico. (laughs) also what is the relevance i was like you go joe oh i love the way he's Mm -hmm. like if you hurt my girl yeah but i love that we saw um we saw different characters because in the beginning, obviously, Nicola, we see Nicholas's character evolve from someone who's, like, trying to tear her down and get to the throne. And he eventually, um, like, get into, after getting to know her, his, like, feelings change and he falls in love with her. But in the beginning, I feel like he's almost a, a mirror, a mirror character of um, the guy from the first one. The one that um, takes her, you know, at the beach the guy that she's she yeah he's basically like that josh josh is almost like a bad boy um character and i feel like nicholas is the grown-up version of that but i mean he loves her in the end though no but i mean in the beginning okay. in the beginning yeah, we yeah. yeah we do see him evolve into like a nice guy but in the beginning it's almost like a mirroring character of josh mm-hmm. in as an adult in a way ish and then I feel like Andrew is kind of like a mirror image of Michael in that he's quite sweet and he's the friend that she feels like she can lean on and rely on. And, you know, he's even um, he's he even goes to the point of being willing 
to go through with it knowing that this you know they both know it's a marriage of convenience but he's like you know what I'm not someone to back out and you basically disappoint you so I'll go you know I'll go along with it so I feel mm-hmm. like he's he's a bit of, like just like Josh and Nicholas he's a bit of a grown-up version of uh, Michael-ish yeah. in a way but I think the men are associated with power in this movie mm-hmm. and though it's obviously a coming of age I wouldn't even say that but that, though it's a very PG rom-com mm-hmm. um, it does tackle with issues about like gender politics and how a whole root, right, like yeah. load of men can overturn a woman even though she is the queen I don't understand that you know and that the power that women that men in parliament hold CC every country um but yeah yeah like yeah like even even i would say nicholas and andrew to a certain extent um so the men in parliament obviously have the you know power to um to overthrow the the royal like the royal family or whatever Mm. the royal throne Mm. um if she doesn't find someone in 30 days and also Nicholas being the forefront like option because he's a man mm-hmm. and he's of the age and he's Genovian mm-hmm. um, that, that's all they need they don't even need a freaking link yeah. um, to his family line or whatever like he, they're just like oh no yeah he's Genovian he's 21 that's fine like there's no argument mm. um, but also <clears throat> also Andrew to an extent because she needs Andrew or she needs to marry somebody like Andrew right. so she can mm-hmm. continue to rule Genovia and there is also this slight dependency obviously not in the end because that's the whole thing of like um her them or sorry Mia leading them into the 21st century that's that's what mm-hmm. the issue is and then um, not the issue sorry that's what the solution is and that's what happens in the end mm-hmm. um, but yeah this whole this whole thing of men being a source of or a signifier of power through most of the movie and then in the end Mia and I mean Clarice you know reinstating that no women women are the future and mm-hmm. yeah honestly I think some of the countries should probably watch this movie and learn because women are the future <laughs> There we go. Women of colour. <laughs> all women are the future. So suck mm. on that. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, I think... I mean, overall... what? Oh, is it... I was, I was just about to say, what would you rate this? And I was like, oh, yeah, we haven't even got to the ratings yet. Yeah, I mean, this is quite... I mean, this is quite been a short episode. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Um, but, yeah, I would... Do you want to rate it first? Or I don't mind. It's out of five, isn't it? I feel, We do this every week. <laughs> <laughs> we okay let's just say we're doing it out of five now out of five or out of ten so the past few episodes have been five because i've just oh, been okay. listening to five ten five ten so it's five five now. okay so i would rate this a um i think i gave it a four last week so i'll have to give this a three and a half just because i feel like i've given other previous movies a three and i don't think it's as bad as some of the other movies so i'll give it a three and a half. Oh, okay that's actually very genuine i was just mm. gonna give it a two and a half three. Oh, really yeah. i think you yeah. re- you really didn't like it i mean you? no no no. i love watching it as like a viewer in like it's a really mm-hmm. good i was actually talking about like 
telling my friend that we were we were gonna put out the leap year episode and she was like and i was like why do you love that movie mm. so much and she's like it's literally a good bad movie to watch and this is that's what princess diaries is for mm. me it's the continuation of a story that i love and even though it's bad and it's like yeah there are there are genuine moments that are like really heartwarming and just really mm-hmm. cute so i do love that movie but it's again a really bad movie um to yeah. watch and yeah that's why i'd give it a two or two and a half or three out of five um any any last parting thoughts Bell? yeah i just wish i i think it could have been done a lot better a lot better but i think this is yeah. just a trend like you always have a first movie on a really good high and then when the second movie comes yeah. around like of course people compare the two and you i feel like there's always it's always the case that people tend to lean more on the first movie than on the second movie and i will yeah. say the that this movie has more jokes and i think it's a shonda yes. rhymes is isn't is yes yes it has yeah it has a lot more comedy like the two yeah. girls that are her um her was it her chambermaids or something her maids in waiting or something or her maids in waiting yeah her maids in waiting yeah yeah so um yeah i thought there was a lot more comedy in this yeah yeah like the one yeah. like the one part where i started laughing was um actually i think because i told you i love lionel the cat the character but like the first time lionel is like with joe and joe's just like he's sticking to me like velcro and like oh, yeah. he, <laughs> yeah. he um he goes to the queen and he's like he she, he seeks a appointment with you and the queen's like right now and then um and then he's like, lionel's right like yeah he's like i would give a bullet for you and she's like <laughs> Although uh, she's like, some interns don't even want to fetch tea with fetch me. Fetch my tea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite unnecessary. Um, oh. But I love Lionel. Also, Lily had some really funny jokes. Like the the first time she meets Nicholas and she's like, I'm Lily Maskovitz, official best friend. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I like her in this movie. I mean, I think everyone will will agree. I, th- I um, think so, I hope. Yeah. But yeah, I prefer her in this than in um, the first one. Um, I also like her relationship with the captain guy, and when they first meet, she's oh, like, yeah. she's like, she's like, what if everyone talked like you? <laughs> um, oh, but goodness. yeah, and um, Sophie, I don't yeah. know if this like this this is something that like came to mind, but so we had Sandra O. Oh last um last week in princess diaries one yes we have shonda rhymes writing princess diaries two and we have was there another link oh and then we have julie andrews narrating bridgerton which is the link between her and shonda rhymes yeah so i I completely forgot that yeah take a shot of this gray's anatomy shonda rhymes so look at that it's honestly it's like full circle i love it love it i wonder who's in the next movie that we're gonna do Mm -hmm. on that note Um, guys go and watch grace (laughs) go and watch everything shonda rhymes uh oh yeah one thing i'd like to mention genova is really a melting pot because of all the different accents in that Honestly. in that one freaking country so inconsistent there's scottish there's french there's god knows what else it's like american english 
like everything in that one little country um but yeah genovia is a melting pot another reason to move to genovia um <laughs> um oh and also i when i since i was like when, i don't can't remember when i first watched this but i always wanted a bachelorette party like that what the slumber party <laughs> A slumber party like that. Not even a bachelorette, actually. I would just like a slumber party with mattress surfing. I think that would be so Whoa. sick. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, but Anyways. yeah, no. Um, Wasn't as good. It was okay. But I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored with it. That's the thing. I wasn't bored watching it, but... Yeah. yeah. It was like, I was still laughing in like, some mm. points and it was really nice. Um, and then the thing that kind of made me tear up was when Charlotte is like, the eagle is flying for the last time. Oh, in yeah. The coronation. That was really sweet. Which was just really sad. Yeah, that was really and sweet. sweet. And you said that some um, Gary, I think last week you mentioned that was Gary Marshall's daughter, didn't you? That's Kathleen Marshall, who yeah. features in every, well, who has featured in most Gary Marshall movies and plays. Right. Um, and that, ladies and gents, I think is the end. Do you have any parting notes again, Belle? No, I think that's it. I think we've um, we've come to the end of it. We've covered everything. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of Flick Talk. Um, we hope you enjoyed our little analysis, if, you, if I might say, of The Princess Diaries 2. Um... Yeah, we hope there's a third one. We hope this it's movie. good. But um, yeah, join us next week for Made in Manhattan. Um, once again, let us know your thoughts. Um, our social media is live, so you can join us on Twitter, Instagram. Feel free to send us an email. Um, the Twitter and the Instagram are at Flick Talk Pod, so give us a follow. Um, you can be updated about our upload schedule and when we will upload new um episodes and for any questions or queries you can email us on flick talk podcast the number one at gmail.com so let us know if you've got anything you'd like to share with us and on that note we are going to bow out and love you and leave you once again keep safe and take Take care. care Bye. Bye.